Hope the future generations can get this urge. Stay woke, youngin', and avenge these nerds. Uh. Welcome back, guys, to a special edition of Nerds It Around. I'm your host, Sebastian. It's your boy, Law. Anybody tone from across the hall. And today uh, we're tackling the topic that many people may try to shy away from. Many people may not like us after this, but this is a humanitarian topic, not a left versus right topic. This is a humanitarian topic that we want to touch. This is nothing to do with um, any type of religions or anything like that. Nothing to do with who you support and everything. Um, we could agree that currently with everything going on in the world today, the last few years, I mean, a lot of stuff is not new stuff. It's just the only thing that's changed is that we now capture it on cell phones. So this is a humanitarian issue that we felt that we finally need to um, really address. Um, growing up as a person of color, um, Hispanic, Puerto Rican, that I am, um, I remember in school, one of my teachers said this comment that I didn't really pick up um, back then was that you're a minority in this country unless you are a rich, straight white man. For many years, the our history has an ugly past with racism that many try to sweep under the rug, which um, again, um, an example of that is the Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, massacres, um, the Black Wall Street, and even there's say um, Central Park with um, there used to be a black village that used to be there. Um, the internment camps that um, George Takai lived through. And these events, guide, they try to sweep these events under the rug. And um, I am a firm believer that history repeats itself if we don't learn from our mistakes in history. It's not good to hide it or sweep it under the rug. Joining us today for this great panel, um, we want to reach out to a lot of people and I want to thank everyone who came out. The first person I want to introduce, um, he's part of Wayward Raven Media Studios. He's a good friend of ours. I want to give it up for Alexander Sapunsis. How's it going? It's good to be here. And, and this is something I'm like, I'm very passionate about almost to the point of belligerence, but um, yeah, I, I can't stand any of the shit that's been going on and sorry for that language, but it, it it's it's very personal to me um being not you know not just being basically a first generation american someone who depending on who sees me i may or may not be part of their tribe and also you know my, my wife is a you know is a black woman so half my family is black you know plus again growing up in new york city most of my friends growing up were people of color so this is yeah like i've i've seen I've seen things from both sides and I've, I've tried to like, to kind of, you know, give certain people the benefit of the doubt, but there is a line that I, I'm like, okay, this is this, at past this point, it's like, you're not just being yourself, you're being an asshole. And like, you know, it's, it's definitely something that speaks to me. So, I mean, I'll, I can talk for hours on this. So like, I'll let everyone else introduce themselves, but yeah. It's no, it's yeah. definitely, it's, it's yeah. definitely a very, very huge subject. And I'm not going to say it's a touchy subject because it shouldn't be considered a touchy subject. Cause again, this not, is not touchy. Is something, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's something we should have conversations about yeah. and not shy away because people try to shy away all the time. Mm -hmm. um, the next person who is on our panel today um, on the show, she's been a guest on the show before. She's an awesome person. If you've seen her at con, she's always smiling, always warm and welcoming people. Um, she is also the producer um, behind the uh, Pajingers and Will Hangers podcast. I want to give it up for Katarina Demascara. Katarina. Hello. 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 Welcome back. Hey. Yeah. Me. 
again. <laughs> yes, different different topic this time than than uh, than WW. Very different. <laughs> now, um, our next guest, um, she is an awesome artist. We did a creative series featuring her about her amazing art, what she does in animation and everything, how, what got her into the creative field. But also, too, if people have been following her, um, she's also been out there on the front lines, actually been at protests, um, not just for what's going on in the Asian community, but for also Black Lives Matter as well and other um, great causes. I want to give it up and welcome back, Miriam Yu. Hey, everyone. What's up? <laughs> what's up? What's up? Welcome back. Hey, welcome back so again i want to thank everyone for being a part of this panel because um you know this is again this is a topic that um has affected any everyone regardless of the melanin of your skin regardless of your culture or background um so one of the questions that i want to start off is with this is what has been your experience dealing with racism in this day and age and um miriam we will start with you for me um it's like i guess like uh i think for me it's like gaining more awareness of it um for me like growing up as being asian american um it's not really talked about a lot um in our community actually um so uh for me it's kind of like this weird thing where it's always been happening even in my life um it's like it's around me um i have been discriminated in different ways people ignoring me and you know just because of like like just being asian uh, they assume a lot of different things um but it's like this thing where it's weird that like in my community, like we aren't really aware of it either. Um, so even with these conversations of this, uh, you know, just saying, oh, like there's racism. Like so there's a lot of people that don't believe that racism exists in a community either. So it's like this weird thing. Um, uh, I think for me, it's like uh, try to understand more and even at my identity too, like knowing more that, oh yeah, I am Asian American. Um, it's like, I think also maybe because of also how media portrays Asian American, there isn't a lot of portrayals of Asian American in American media at all. So um, that's something also uh, part of this racism too. Um, there isn't portrayals of us. Um, and but I'm kind of, it's cool to see like more uh, stories of Asian American people coming out more. Um, and especially what's been going on, especially right now with the anti-Asian hate uh, attacks. Um, yeah, it's clear that the, there's a lot of increase of that. Uh, but yeah, people will claim that it's not happening, and but it is happening. So, uh, <laughs> and even for me, um, yeah, it's been like, I've uh, actually, um, there's people have been pretty like nasty around me, to be honest with you. Like someone gave me a middle finger um, in the streets. So it's just like, it's real. <laughs> um, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, Law, well, I'll start with you. Uh, so as a mixed race kid, uh, I'm black, Puerto Rican, Arab American. It's always been a thing where like, I try to like show my family as like the depiction of every shade and color of the rainbow. Cause that's what we are. Like I have, you know, family who is as pale as can be. And I have family who's darker than me. Uh, and that's always just been the case for me, but that's how we were raised. We don't really see a lot of the, like, oh, you're like, you're my brother, you're my sister, you know, whatever the case is, but the rest of the world never really saw that. And growing up as a kid, I was always forced to kind of choose my tribe. Like you're too dark to be Puerto Rican or you're, you know, you are black, but you're not like, you have to erase your Puerto Rican identity kind of thing. And it was always just felt weird and uncomfortable because it was just like, no, I'm both. Why can't I accept both? Like I am both. Um, and then just like, especially with now uh, seeing a lot of the 
a lot of what we've been seeing in America throughout, you know, of course, the last few years and, you know, especially with the, the rise of social media and and what have you, it's been like just overwhelming, to say the least. Um, kind of like this uh, this burden that I didn't know I had, you know, and um, it's like, hey, you're you are a black man in America. Welcome to the club. And it was like, oh, did not know what that meant or how little that meant to some people. Um, so it's been it's been an adjustment period. Uh, you know, I've been stopped by the police for little to no reason. You know, I have family on both sides of the badge. Um, you know, so it's, you know, I know a lot of people who straight up hate the police and I'm like, I have family and friends in there who are good cops and know, like, you know, we'll do what's necessary to like, root out the bad apples but a lot of that time they can't go more than what they they already tried to do you know and it sucks because the system is broken um so it's uh i've always felt like i'm i'm torn between this like weird middle ground whether it be with my own identity with where i stand and and just trying to find that place where i'm like yo we're one people of just, you know, like, why can't we, why can't we get along, you know? And like she touched up on that because again, um, lean mixed, um, you said black and Hispanic, something that you see a lot in the Bronx and all that growing up. And it's like, you know, you see, and again, racism is not just white versus black. It's everyone. Oh, it's an, it's even within our own cultures. Like, you know, colorism is a real thing and it's, you know, yep. it's, apparent from especially you know our older generations so you know i implore the the younger generations like us who are being more mindful of it and trying to stamp it out before it becomes an issue you know for our own kids when we have kids alex yeah yeah my my, my shit's weird um like like i mentioned before first generation american so to most americans i'm like ethnically ambiguous like they're like what what are you like i've gotten everything from puerto rican dominican filipino and japanese once which was like wow and depending on uh how tan i am um i have definitely seen people's reactions change um you know from like points where like getting thrown against a car you know a car by some undercover cops to um on on the weird side like you know like again i'm i'm greek i'm fluent in greek and hearing other Greeks call me Mexican. And it's like, what? But then at the same time, there were times like I had to like lean into the fact that I look Puerto Rican to make it through certain neighborhoods. So I wouldn't get jumped, you know, because I'm like, I don't want to be a white kid in, in, this, in this scene too. And it's weak. It's, I mean, I, I, I know my story is not as traumatic as some other people's. Like I know like my wife and her and, and her um, situations with police has not has been as, as humorous as mine. Um, to say the least, and you know, I, I've had friends who've had much worse um, situations like like that. So I, c I can sympathize, but at the same time, it's given me a weird out outsider's view of things because, like, I can see it from um, like I think the, all, all I can really say is is just like I've I've seen it happen to so many people, and including my and my react my experiences always leaned more more weird and comical. Um, I, I, I remember one, uh, 
situation too. It's like, it's, it's like, depending on like, like I said, if I had like, if I had a tan, you know, if I'm like darker, people automatically assume one thing. I always have people come up to me speaking in Spanish, for instance. And um, I know that's not as like, as traumatic as like, you know, having a gun pointed at your head, you know, by a police officer, but like, actually, no, that's not, I've had that happen too. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's fucking weird. That's the best I can describe it, man. Um, and I don't, I don't even know what to say half the time. Like it's, it's like, I try to, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, it's like some people, they just, they look at you and they automatically assume one thing or another, like, and it's, for me, it's, it's always been uncomfortable is, is when, when people reveal themselves to be a racist, not like mustache, mustache twirling, cross burning racist, but like diet racist has always been like the thing that I've experienced the most. Like Sebastian, I think, and you, um, I think you, 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 you saw this, I posted recently, went to my bagel shop. Right. And yep. the guy at the bagel shop was like, we're talking about just jogging in the neighborhood. And I'm like, this is a guy I've seen for years. Cool guy, old school Italian dude. Didn't think anything of it. And he starts talking. I'm like, yeah, you know, my wife and I were looking to, to buy a house in this neighborhood that where he's from. And he's like, Oh no, you don't, you don't want to move there. And you know, it was, it was cool back when it was Italians, but now it's too mixed. And then he saw my, my reaction and it's like, Oh, no, no, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's just, you know, now you don't know your neighbors. And I'm like, uh, should I tell my wife to come here? How are you going to feel about that? You know, like right now, my neighbor's a, you know, Puerto Rican. We got a black couple across the street. I got a Japanese neighbor. It's like, what, which part of this equation is a problem to you? You know, and like, there, and the, the worst part is like, I had so, I thought of so many comebacks, but I didn't want to fight his racism with like a racist joke about Italians. Cause then it would just been like this perpetual cycle, but it's like, at the same time, like, I know there wasn't malice in his heart. You know, it was just some dumbass thing he thought of, you know? And I don't know. It's like, that's like, that was like, that's the type of stuff that kind of sticks out to me more, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's that, that stuff scares me because it's like, you know, you have people who don't know that they're being racist. And again, yeah. Um, I'm going to just say it right now. It's not just limited to folks who are uh, Caucasian. It's in every culture and people don't understand or know that they are being racist. Like, I'm going to be real. Like, there are things I had to learn myself. Yeah. And the program, because it's like, as I got older, I was like, yeah, that's not gonna. And a lot of it too is, um, currently with my wife, with helping with, and again, um, you know, it, 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 some of us don't know how we are treating people over the cultures and it, it comes back vice versa. But um, Katarina, you're up next. I am first generation American. My parents immigrated from Portugal in the mid seventies. And then my sister and I were both born here. So I did get a little bit of, I'm not going to say it was racism because you can't be racist against me. Um, you can be sexist and you can be prejudiced um, and you can just be a shitty person, but you, you can't be racist for me. But I did get some, had some difficulties when I started school and wasn't a strong English um, speaker and and I worked very hard to lose my accent as a child which I kind of regret now um, but I did keep all my Portuguese so I'm, I'm happy about that so for me it's more like I grew up in a very multicultural area of Connecticut um, so I was surrounded by people of all walks of life and all religions and it just didn't occur to me that 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 not every place was like that um, and then I moved to another town and um, there was literally four people of color in that, in that school and they were brothers. 
that was it. And so I was a witness um, to a lot of things. And at first it was, it was always hard to see. And the first time I like tried to intervene, the one that was the same age as me, um, and I'm not saying their names just because, uh, he said to me, he said, you don't speak for me. And I, and I learned a lesson that day that I don't always, that's not always my place to interject on these things. I may think that I'm helping. I may think that I'm, I'm doing the right thing, but I'm not the one that has to live with the words that come out of my mouth. They do. So um, I learned a very valuable lesson that day on, on how to be a good advocate. And that's to just follow their lead. If, if they give me like, you know, do you read the cues and say, should I say something or should I leave it alone? Um, and then I'll go, go from there. And now as a mother of um, children who have a Puerto Rican father, I see what their name, um, I, I saw what it did for him. Um, too. I see what their name brings out in certain people, like a certain family member of mine who has nothing to say about Puerto Ricans, except that he used to own a property in Bridgeport. And, and they always used to throw out a lot of rice at the beginning of the month when the welfare checks came in, you know, like microaggression type of bull crap like that. And, um, and that's when I realized that I was, I was in a family of people that had taught me things without me knowing that they were teaching me things. And one of the most valuable lessons for myself was to check myself constantly. Because like, I remember um, being with one of my uh, older cousins, it was like a great aunt or something. And we were driving down the street and we were going through uh, a very diverse neighborhood of a lot of people out in the streets. And she said, you know, she was to say, make sure your doors are locked your windows are rolled up and your doors are locked. Like someone's just, you know, going to bum rush the car or something. And it was maybe, I don't know, I was driving, I wasn't driving at that point, but I had been driving for a few years. I, I hadn't been married or, or, or a mom yet. And I remember turning onto a street and what was well-known, not great neighborhood and checking to see if the doors were locked. And I was like, oh, like they got you doing that. You, you know, like they got, they, they got you doing that. And and I don't know if you know the history of Portuguese people, but Portugal and Spain were owned by the same king and queen and are the biggest slave traders on the entire planet. That is something that I don't know if my family in my ancestry, I have no idea if my family was part of that or not. If they partook in it, I have no, no idea. But it is something that I think has been kind of a, a thing on Portuguese people that they don't like to address but something that I'm hyper aware of. And maybe it makes me overly sensitive sometimes, but I'd rather be that than to be callous of the things going around me. Um, so I guess in my long winded way of saying, I have not had racism against me, but I have been a witness to it. And I, I wish I knew a better way. I wish I knew a better way for all of us. Thank you. Um, Tony, we'll close with you brother. Uh, you know, uh, and, and just a quick, you know, comment on Alex's point. It's just, you know, there's a thing that we notice that there's just so much unconscious bias that a lot of people have where, you know, it may not coming, it may not be coming from a, a malicious place, but, you know, we all have to check ourselves and, and know where it all comes from. Cause we all, we all have it, um, as we grow up and you, you know, learn 
your neighborhood and what you need to do to take care of yourself. Those are just things that kind of happen. And as we get older and more knowledgeable, it's just, we have to address it. And that's not everybody. Um, you know, it's like kind of the elephant in the room that some people just don't want to acknowledge that they have unconscious bias. You know, we see it all over the place. So, you know, us as people, doesn't matter what your shade is, you've got to do your best to address it. Um, so just want to throw that in there after listening to what everyone was saying. For me personally, um, I haven't been, I've been fortunate enough in my life not to be hit with any sort of uh, racism or racial slurs towards me or anything like that. More so of a, of a system that's been built against us. That's kind of what my main experience has been. I have been, uh, you know, I did have a couple of, I've had like a couple experiences with police officers where, you know, I was wearing a hoodie and I was walking in the middle of the day. It wasn't even nighttime, middle of the day, uh, got pulled over by undercovers. They showed their badges. I had my hands in my pockets and I was pulling my hands out of my pockets and they grabbed my arms thinking I had some sort of firearm, but I, uh, I had a, a, a soft cover science fiction book you know, the type of person that I am. That's what I'm carrying around when I'm walking around with a hoodie and a hood up. Um, but aside from that, it's, it's mostly been, it's, it's mostly been the system, right? So trying to find a job, trying to move up in place, you know, now, nowadays people are really trying to hone in on that sort of diversity, hire diversity thing. And, you know, trying to, but before it wasn't like that. So you see my name, my name's Antonio Perez. And so like, you don't know if you're getting, the short end of the stick because of your, of your name, or because if, if you're not going to get picked based off your, your school or where you're able to go. And that's kind of been, that's been my main struggle uh, with some sort of racism or, or, or any, any, any sort of thing. It's always been trying just to kind of move, move on up and get myself out of the situations that, that I'm in. Uh, There is no, you know, we don't come from money or there's no help. It's all sort of just kind of pulling, you know, as the conservatives say, pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. But like, there's way more to it than just, than just fucking saying that and trying to be all cool about it. Right. There's, there's a lot more to that. And I think, you know, there was a system that was built against us all as we're trying to move up and where we weren't supposed to be at the, at the dinner party. We're, we're just supposed to be outside looking in salivating at, at the scraps. Um, and that's, you know, and that's something that I'm hoping as we get older and as our kids get older, they don't have to worry about it because my son has a very Spanish name too. He's also Antonio Perez and my, you know, my daughter's Jocelyn Perez. So it's just like, they may be dealing with that stuff. And I think it's our best to hope for, put ourselves in a society that can, that can outgrow that. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of it. I, I've been fortunate enough to not see too much or be around a bunch of people going to different schools and things like that. I would say the one thing I, I notice a lot is people just don't know. They don't understand. They don't, they don't, they don't know your story. They don't know what you've gone through. Uh, some things I like to say, I, I believe our cultures mesh together with food. I'm a huge believer of that. And something I like to do, it's a joke, but like, we do a potluck at my job and I brought a, I brought a bed me in. So it's, you know, for the folks in the room that don't know what that is, and that's everybody who's listening. That's, that's like slow roasted pork with garlic and salt and adobo for like 12 hours. It's the Spanish man's pulled pork. Really. That's really kind of what it is. And you bring, I brought it in. Cause it was like, you know, I'm about to bless, bless all these white people with some, with some Spanish food. Like that's the goal right here. Uh, Cause I think that's the best way to enjoy culture is, is food. I think food brings us food and music. Um, you know, food kind of just brings us all together because 
you get to you get to just kind of understand it because we all got to eat and that that's kind of that's kind of my way of kind of mending mending a barrier with people who who are not malicious but just kind of don't don't understand saying here try this this got some flavor that you probably haven't had and then go go to the local spot because i can tell you where the local spot is and you, you can also indulge and educate yourself so that's that's kind of what I try to do and what my experiences have been. But I'm glad you wrote up media and all that because um we we now have seen more diversity represented on the big screen and on the small screen um and in comics and games and all that. Um we're even learning moments in history from um media like again what we did with Watchmen which upset a lot of people that were like why are we learning this event from a show when it should have been taught in school um and we jump into falcon and Bo- bucky who and only they mentioned the tuskegee um experiments which is a real thing in our history um what are your guys feelings of um learning about important events from media and how do you feel um and also too should these also be curriculum in school for our kids to learn and um Miriam was i mean um katharina we'll start with you okay um i think we are in a technological age. So the more we can learn within media, the better kids, especially now. Um, I cannot even express how many people have learned wonderful things from TikTok. I know that there's a a lot of people joking about TikTok, but there was a whole, and I'm gonna bring it back to to last year and all of the Black Lives Movement uh, marches that were happening in 2020. And I am calling them marches and protests because that's what they were. And there was stuff that you weren't seeing on, and I hate to use this term, mainstream media, but not only were you seeing these things live from these kids that were there, but you're also getting history lessons in there. You're getting geography, you're getting geology, you're, you're getting genealogy and all of this. And I'm all for it. We, we need to know. Too much has been covered up by these textbooks that haven't been updated in the last 60 years. And when they were written 60 years ago, were written from a very specific perspective. Um, I wish the curriculum in school would catch up to that, but there are too many um, uptight white people in charge of that and not enough um, money being put towards updating that material. So I'm all for the media doing it. Show, show us the ugly. We need to see the ugly. We need to, to confront the ugly, confront the ugly within us and then push forward because there is no pushing forward without that. And I'm glad you mentioned TikTok because, again, like I said in the beginning, the biggest difference now is that we have social media. We have these little guys right here because um, I remember, again, there were uh, videos that were put together for something that happened at a protest that these protesters were uh, pretty much forced to stay out past curfew. And then they all got arrested and they shouldn't have gotten arrested. Um, and, and it was all compiled together from various social media video accounts and all that. And that's angle. the great thing about everybody having a phone and social media. You can't hide it anymore. Mm-hmm. You cannot hide. And now we're getting convictions based on that. And it sucks that that's what it took. But thank goodness we have the technology to make it start happening because we need to, we need to hold everyone, including ourselves, accountable. So I'm 100% for it. Keep doing it. Um, it's, there are things that are out there that are hard watches, but we need to watch them. I would recommend Exterminate the Brutes on, um, I think it's on HBO Max. Exterminate all the Brutes. Tony, 
Um, we're going to go up to you next with this question. So, because again, I know your father, kids, um, how do you feel about the portrayal of all this stuff in the, now in the big screen, the small screen? And should this be stuff that we are covering, these events covering in history books for, the kid, for kids? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I was um, unfortunately part of that majority, I would say majority, maybe, I don't know, half that learned about Tulsa because of, of, of Watchmen. Um, you know, at least a good enough amount for me to remember and to do the due diligence and just look something up, just read, read something about it. Um, but to, to the point of technology, it's, it's, uh, we have no excuse not to look anything up. There's no excuse not to put yourself and learn about something. It's, it's all there. And if we don't learn from our history and from what is going on, we're just doomed to redo the same cycles over and over and over until, you know, history repeats itself. There may not be a, a quote unquote new uh, form of slavery or anything like that, but, you know, there are things that are that are very there are illusions of it allusions to the the Jim Crow era, allusions to everything that's that's happening uh, to, pe- to people, the illusions of what happened to Japanese people after Pearl Harbor, just allusions to all of this stuff because we're not we're not taking it seriously. We're not looking at our history and studying it and, uh, and applying it. There's no more excuse of just basking in ignorance and putting your head in the sand because you can't. We'll just call you out on it. It takes five seconds to look something up and say, I was wrong. You should be okay. You know, the whole point of growing up and getting older is being okay to learn something new that changes your perspective on life. And that's all right. It doesn't make you, it doesn't make you a bad person to admit that you're wrong and because you learned some new information. That's how we should all should go. We shouldn't just be stuck in our old ideals and move forward and expect, you know, nothing to change. So I, I want this stuff to be in these textbooks, but I also am not ignorant to the fact that my kids aren't going to learn all this crap from textbooks. <laughs> They're not. They're not going to learn it. The textbooks are there. There has to be a fundamental shift in textbook publishing, curriculum creation, You know what the Board of Ed finds uh, important for exams, for state and country standards. There's, it, it, there's so many levels of minutia that need to happen that I want it to change, but I also need to be a part of that change for the next generation to learn so that if my kids have questions, we should be able to answer them. And if we can't answer them, we look them all up together because I can't, I'm not going to assume that school is going to give them all the information they need to know. There's just not enough time and, and there's just not enough time for that. And that's that's fine too, but we as a society, it takes it takes a village to to grow the next generation. And we all are a part of that village as as we do that, and not to shelter our kids and into nonsense trying to protect them or anything. Just be real about them. My kids saw what happened on January sixth. We explained it in a in simpler ways. Sure, my kids were watching the TV when we waited for the election that needed to end over a week. And, you know, you know, obviously COVID didn't help, but just asking questions and just being able to just talk to our kids about this stuff because they're, they're growing up, they're growing it up, they're growing up with it around us. And if you expose them to this and explain it to them, it doesn't come as a, as a shock because they grow up and understand versus when you hide it all from them, 
and then you're just hit with it left and right with no way of protecting yourself, it's kind of, you don't know how to warp yourself or don't even know if there's trust to talk to your folks about it because they were hiding this stuff from you this entire time. I want my kids to know that you have a question, you find something difficult, you want to speak out about something you're not learning in school. I'm here and I got your back and we can learn about this together. Um, you know, but it's also making sure that we as individuals and citizens of this country vote for folks that want to make sure these things are put in because there's such a, a top-down process that needs to happen for what is considered necessary learning in our, our schools today. And, you know, I've, I've listened to uh, some minority folks saying Black History Month isn't enough. It's not, it's, it's not enough. We got the shortest month of the year. Like, come on, who's, whose fault was that? It's shortest month of the year, and we learn about the same people over and over again. And granted, these are all legendary people, but there are more people that we could learn about. You know, Black History Month does Black History Month is American history, United States history. That should just be weaved in as we learn about it. As we learn about certain times, as we go through our curriculum, points should be brought up and you learn about them and not just worrying about Harriet Tubman, Malcolm X, MLK. You know, like, yeah, sure, great, but you should know about those guys. But there's a bunch of other people that maybe we don't have days, federal holidays for that are just as important that moved us forward. And, you know, I think stop putting ourselves and patting ourselves in the back with a month for 28 days and just kind of make it part of the entire curriculum. I spent an entire year learning about the main four rivers in, you know, of the, in the Indus, the Euphrates, all these rivers, the, the river tribes. That's cool. I'm glad I know that. But like, we should also put more time into the stuff that made this country what it is. And, you know, there's just fundamental change that needs to happen, you know, from the top down. We're learning events um, and people are learning events. And actually there are people who are researching these events um, that are popping up on shows. Um, I mean, do you think that we should start also talking about more events that we've shied away from in history yeah I, I totally think we should talk more about these um you know history that's mm -hmm. forgotten or not shared about um you know um because yeah it's still part of american history it is american history um and the fact that we're hiding it um uh, i don't think we should because uh this is our past uh, this is what this country went through and you kind of see the repercussions of everything the consequences of it like we're going through it right now because of that um and how we how our system is formed and our society and culture is formed is because of the of the history we went through so like um it's kind of weird sometimes i feel like um it's like so controversial in america but like you know when i think about other countries like they always talk about they try to you know invest into the citizens and people like to know their history and here it's like we try to hide it um and um, I, I noticed, even, I was thinking a lot, even going, thinking about even what I learned from school too, like just everything. It's just like, oh, there's a lot of propaganda and people could think, oh, I'm like being controversial or this is a conspiracy. No, but there is a lot of propaganda. Um, and this lot of it is really one-sided. Um, and it's just, um, I think we should expose all of that because it's, it's true. It actually did happen. And um, it's just weird that we're just stating what just happened. It's nothing like we're seeing anything new or something that's a lie, you know? Uh, we have gotten to the point where we are sensationalizing this uh, black trauma or the 
uh, or like the struggle, like we, we see it in media all the time where the struggle is a story. And so, you know, like that's how we learn about 12 years of slave. And, this, and I'm just like, I personally cannot sit through another black trauma movie. I personally cannot sit there and watch movies where women who represent everything. I come from a very strong women family, like, and they're looked at as lesser and their, their struggle is the story that's to get to the top, just to, you know, beat the man. I just want their stories. I just want st real stories. Like give us that. And, you know, and teaching us history, like give us our history. Don't shy away from it. Like, I would like to see the stories that we heard about only on the lips of our grandparents. I mean, and not this, you know, uh, not this kind of, you know, we're going to give you a story that's going to make you feel good because that's what we think you want. You know, like we want, we deserve the stories that our grandparents and their grandparents told them. We deserve to see ourselves on the screen and not, you know, like we are a country that has not only, you know, the, the history that like built us, but we've also been the country that now glamorizes the people who lost, you know what I mean? Like a whole, a whole, our country went to war with itself and we still have statues to this day of the losers and they're made to be the heroes in the, in the history books. Like how, how wild is that notion that other countries have done the same thing and look at them and like, no, that's not okay. But yet we look at them like heroes. Why? Like that blows my mind. And, you know, we're seeing more and more where not only are, are these, you know, people being looked at as heroes, but like now in these books and in these texts, we're seeing, you know, like they're starting to change the narrative to kids. Like you see it, I've, you know, I've seen, uh, you know, my cousins and, you know, family members who are uh, parents show like history books where they're starting to show like, you know, certain things about slavery and this and this. And I'm just like, what? Like that is definitely not how, how it went down. You know what I mean? So like, it's one of those things that definitely should be changed and definitely should be looked into because it's ridiculous that we would even, you know, try to, uh think that those stories don't matter and the stories that do are the ones that you know are the tyler perry you know types of types of stories i am so like i get it get your bag do your thing shuck and jive for the man but those aren't the stories that i want to see myself represented as you know and i want to learn you know it's a shame like tone said it's a shame that we had to learn you know through watchmen a lot of that history a shame that you know our parents didn't get to tell us that or even if if even if they didn't get to tell us that they couldn't because that wasn't they didn't feel like that was their place because we should have learned it in school now we're in this middle ground where we should have learned it at school we should have learned it from our parents now we have to take it upon ourselves to learn it for ourselves and we want to represent that we want to go hey this is an event that happened this is a very real thing we need more of this to educate because i know i know kids i'm i've been a teacher you know for many years and i've been an uncle for more than half my life like i know kids who look at youtube and know way more information than i would ever learn 
than the 12 plus however many years I, I, I was in school, you know? So if that's what's going to teach them how, you know, things happened and what this actual struggles are and actually show them history instead of, you know, this narrative that they're trying to push, I mean, I'm 100% here for it. Alex, close this question out. I've been, I've been like biting my, my tongue right now because I had a bunch of stuff to say. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on your, your previous question first because it leads into where, where my overall thoughts on this, on this matter. Um, and this is going to be an old man rant, so please bear with me. But I'm, I'm pleased that people are finding out about shit that really happened through media. But I think it's, it's, it's sad that, that nobody's willing to look up the history unless they're told the truth by a movie. You know, like, yeah, we thankfully Watchmen was accurate, but there's probably a bunch of people who watch Braveheart and think that shit really happened. And I'm, what I'm getting to that is, is if you ask, like, I know I love watching Jimmy Kimmel because he'll ask people some dumbass questions. It's like name 15 presidents and everyone's like stumped on the first one, but name like 13 seasons of The Bachelor and they'll get everything because unless it's pop culture fed to us, we don't know the truth. Like, like law, what you were talking about, like, why is it that the Confederate st- um, soldiers were elevated up because there was the daughters of the, of the Republic or the daughters of the Confederacy, they built a fundraiser to honor, you know, their people as a, as a way of backdooring these people into history to keep their losing faction alive. You know, there's, there's a lot of people out there. If you don't know the truth, they're going to try to change the truth. And I'm, I'm sorry. It sounds like tinfoil hat. But like, it's because we don't look this stuff up and we need to look this stuff up and we need to find the truth because like a lot, again, a lot of what we see in movies, like they're gonna, they're gonna do, they're gonna tell a story, they're gonna pluck it from history and nine times out of 10, they're gonna try to make it palpable to a general audience, which means a white audience, unfortunately. You're, you know, if you're gonna have a story about the black struggle, there's gonna be a white savior. We've seen that in hidden, hidden figures, you know? Um, and at the same time, going to what I was, I was saying before is like, you know, I'll ask everyone in this room, name me, you know, four Avengers, you know, but name me like one genocide that may have happened within the last hundred years that didn't happen to a black person. Um, you know, and it's like, the reason I bring that up is because again, we know the stories that are told to us through pop culture and media, but like, does anybody know that today Joe Biden finally, um, fucking, um, you know, confirmed that there was an Armadian genocide a hundred years ago, you know, like how many people even watching this know that my people were enslaved, you know, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying like, yeah, slavery did happen to a lot of people, but I don't want to diminish what happened to, you know, to certain people. But I, what I'm saying is it's, the, it's that knowledge. A lot of times we focus on like what media tells us, what social media tells us or what a movie tells us, but we'll forget the stories that happened to other people. And so like Law was saying, we need to hear these stories. Um, and, but we need to make sure that what we're told is accurate. And maybe the better, the better media to consume isn't, I mean, I love Winter Soldier and, you know, and Falcon Winter Soldier, but you know, learning the Tuskegee from a Marvel movie is not the same as learning about the Tuskegee Airmen from a history book or like a, an accurate, documentary because on the other side too there's a lot of documentaries out there that are pushing an agenda and that might be to downplay certain things you know so you also need to be careful what you consume 
but you know, it's, I, I would definitely push more towards stuff that's verifiable and, you know, and there's a lot of messed up history out there. Yeah. I remember I'm someone yeah. I've, I've, I've lost a friend. Um, haven't heard from them for a long time when they said the civil war wasn't about um, slavery. It oh, was yeah, about the state rights crew. <laughs> it was about property. And to yeah. me, state rights saying to do that, what though? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And what what did you consider property? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I have I have a friend, um, very close friend, like a brother from another mother. We grew up together, but like when the Black Lives Matter things started, and, and like he was he was jumping on that bandwagon, and I'm like, do you hear yourself? What do you know about the black experience as a white man? You know, like just because you have that one black friend, and it's like, come on, man like pay attention like like he's a, he's the same guy like like once like we were like he was joking like um i have a friend who's from egypt and i had mentioned to him like you know he was saying hey well, technically i'm african-american and i mentioned this to my buddy and he's like what the fuck's he talking about egypt's not in africa and i'm like have you looked on a goddamn map wow <laughs> you know because again it's like it's that and again this guy was a smart was a fairly smart guy but he was one of those Oh, education means, you know, it is like brainwashing, you know, he wasn't like, he was like anti-school in many ways. Um, and like, I think that, that definitely, that's such colored a lot of future conversations, but it's that whole thing of like, I'm not going to pay attention to this source because this one lines up with my values a little bit more. And it's like, that's, that's where it gets scary, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think I, you know, to quickly just kind of bounce off of that yeah. too. I think it's kind of like how also people portray Egyptian history and Egyptian mythology to African history. Just like there's such a difference in how it is shown. Um, you know, you, people you, you, automatically you think Egypt and people think of the, the Bible and Christianity and, and like, there's such a, difference of where these two cultures are from when they are literally on the same fucking continent mm -hmm. you know and it, it, it's it's kind of crazy because i've i've had that conversation we've we've i've i've heard that same conversation before of egypt's not in africa i'm like yeah yeah it is <laughs> yes it is it's all the way up north but it, it's there mm -hmm. you know we we popularize the history of egypt and there's 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 media about it and people go on trips and mm -hmm. and it wasn't erased and all that other great stuff. But, but let's not forget yeah. what kind of person they use to portray Egyptians yep. in most movies. Ruby Bridges, 66 years old today. Um, Ruby Bridges, for those who don't know who she is, she is the first um, woman as a black girl who went to an integrated school, the one of the first. She is 66 right now. That tells you how long this has been going on in history. Um, what are your guys' thoughts of when you hear someone say this, well, that happened a long time ago, get over it. Yeah, that shit annoys the holy hell out of me. Uh, just because, uh, like, I can literally go back generations in my own family and can tell you where this country was at that time. And, like, it's not, oh, my ancestor, what have you. It's literally my mother, my grandmother, my great-grandmother. Like, I can maybe go five generations back, and we're still in some sort of, like, history that is trying to lynch us, kill us, sell us, like, uses us property, 
you know, treat us as less than or other. And yet, oh, that was so long ago. It was no big, come on. No, it was not that long ago. It really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like there's the, the idea that something was so long ago in, in terms of this country, this country is so young, right? But our history, we are, we are the problem child of the world. We, we don't shy away from it. And we have such a, not only, uh, I, I don't even want to put this lightly, but colorful history of, you know, that's just straight up an ugly history. Like how, how this country was built it by no means is a pretty is a pretty way to you know glamorize the the founding of this country the making of this country and that goes back barely 200 300 years now right and we're thinking oh man that was that middle ages was 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 a while ago like the renaissance long ago like shit like that the if if you believe in christianity jesus was 2000 plus years ago but if I can like literally look up photos or early documentation of my grandparents and great grandparents and then be like, yeah, I like I know stories of them coming to America and being treated this way. And like my uncle's being stopped by cops or, you know, like just any little of those nuances like my I, and I always I always get this part wrong, I feel like. I think it's my great great aunt was like old enough that she was alive around the time that Lincoln got shot, but then died right before Kennedy got shot. Like to, and like, everyone's like, Oh, it wasn't that long ago. If my own great, however many aunt can live through that, like history, Look at the difference of, of history and then look at how little has changed without with that history. So to sit here and tell us, oh, it wasn't that long ago or, or, or it was so long ago, you should just forget about it. If I told you that about your history, you would take so much offense to it. And, I, I, you know, I'd be I'd, I'd be, you know, the asshole of the room. You know, so I drives me nuts, drives me absolutely nuts. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out part two of this amazing discussion. Thank you for tuning in.